All right, welcome back into the Intern Allen Show. It is Thursday. Pot is late. Sorry about that. I know uh, many of the loon loon sickos are um, keep xing me, being like, "Where's the pod?" Just like dying for it. So sorry, it's late. Um, it'll be out in an hour or so Thursday afternoon. Um. Been really busy. Just started school this week, so um, had to do a bunch of work for that. Not not really a syllabus week when you're a teaching assistant and you gotta put all the courses together. You have to like create the syllabus. Um, not as uh, easy of a easy of a ride as it used to be. Not that I was going crazy at Saint Olaf College on syllabus week either, but you know what I mean. Um, we got a college football preview show uh, today. Had two guest loons for that, Slim Loon and Loon Megs. Um, loon Megs cannot stay off the podcast, um, even if he tried. Um, Slim Loon's debut appearance, um, college football expert. Um, yeah, college educated. Um, we'll talk real quick about the Vikings and the Twins and then a, a much needed post game at the end so let's get into it this uh, episode is presented by planters nuts anyway um all right the vikings lost again kevin o'connell's never won a preseason game um lost to the titans by like eight or something i don't remember the score but that was also like a week ago at this point um it was exactly eight credit to me 28 or 24 to 16 um, it, do, it literally doesn't matter. Um, they didn't play a single starter. The Vikings didn't. Um, there's a chance that Ivan Pace Jr. starts, but he and he did play, but he's an undrafted free agent, so it's not exactly um, a rookie UDFA. Isn't exactly what we call a starter, even though he might start. Um, Blacklock, the DB, might start in nickel or Andrew Booth Jr. might start nickel, and they both played. Lewis Seen will probably play a decent amount, but we kind of know where he's at. Anyway, no, none of the real starters on either line um, and not the top two corners played. So, um, And obviously none of the skill position guys. Kirk's hasn't played preseason in years. So um, it really doesn't matter. There's a reason Kevin O'Connell loses all his preseason games. That's because he plays nobody. Um, Jaron Hall, um, I guess is the only interesting thing because he's you know first or not certainly not a first round pick, um, but the quarterback that we drafted, he had three three and outs and a touchdown drive. So you know, the touchdown drive is cool, I guess, but it was also like against the Titans threes, um, the three three and outs before that weren't nice. I actually looked, I didn't watch the game um, because I was moving down here and all this other stuff. Um, But I looked at his stat line and it was like four of seven for like 40 yards or something. I was like, oh, he must have played like only a quarter. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Yeah, four of seven for 49 yards. Must have only played a quarter. Nope. Um, Played a whole half through seven passes the entire half because they couldn't keep the ball. Um, 
So yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Um, that being said, all the real non-casuals, all the real football fans know that the joint practice, if you have if a team has a joint practice with a team before the preseason game, that the joint practice is more important. Everybody knows that unless you're a casual. Um, and I definitely didn't learn that this year. Um, and so takeaways from the joint practice and what I saw was that the Vikings were getting low key cooked by the Titans. Um, especially in the trenches and, um, their wide receivers were Traylon Burks. There's like, there's a big clip of Traylon Burks, like killing Byron Murphy or something like that. Um, so that's not great. Um, or in like a big busted coverage too, that I saw too. So a couple clips coming out, obviously clips aren't everything. But um, those clips didn't look good. There's also another one with Jeffrey Simmons, who's a fucking beast. Um, like destroying, I don't even know who it was, Garrett Bradbury maybe. That's a complete guess. Um, so don't quote me on that. But um, So yeah, if, if those clips are indicative of how those, uh, if, of how those joint practices went, then um, Vikings, I don't know. My... I feel like I was optimistic at one point just because of how the division's looking. I feel like my optimism is waning now because even though Jordan Love's my last-ranked quarterback in the league, he's looked good this preseason. Um, and it seems like the Vikings have pretty significant holes on like very important positions on both sides of the ball. Um, so there's a lot of concern there, I guess, for me personally. Um, we'll hopefully do a bigger Vikings preview at some point. Um, before the season starts where myself and maybe Lynn Schmidt, if he uh, wants to do that, um, we'll go through the uh, schedule and sort of pick out wins and losses from there. Um, I'll have to look at it, but I don't know if I'm feeling that good, honestly. Um, a couple other Vikings things real quick. Nikhil Harry, gone. That didn't last very long. Um nobody cares i mean he what he the 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 the, um, uh, the simpsons meme of the guy walking in the house and walking right out of the house i say the guy i think it's bart simpson i've never seen the simpsons so i don't even know if that's right um you could also use the simpson meme of the guy going in the bush and coming out of the bush that one is bart simpson nor is that homer well i'm gonna get roasted for this i don't know the simpsons at all um anyway Nikhil harry gone as soon as he was here um i have in my notes issues with tj hawkinson contract i have no idea what that means i'm looking it up right now tj hawkinson contract so what happens when you uh what's news there's a new twist in tj hawkinson contract talks good um they're working on extension, but both sides are far apart. Hawkinson wants to reset the market with a historic contract extension. So he's sitting out of practice with, like, fake injuries because of that. Good. Um, nobody believed Hawkinson would remain on the Vikings on a team-friendly deal or anything close to it. Resetting the market is a new twist. Okay, so basically Hawkinson wants to get paid, paid like... George Kittle and Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, which he's not that as good as those guys. So that's going to be tough. 
Um, fucking sincerely, blah, 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 blah. Four years, 70 million is a possibility. That's way too much money. But okay. I mean, oof. It sucks, but it is what it is. I just want to be out there with the guys. I'll be ready to go in September. And that's true. Okay, so whatever. He's going to play this year. We'll figure it out after that. Um, of all the world, of all the pieces in the world that the Vikings need to keep, Hawkinson isn't. He's obviously a great player, but he's not the very, very top of that list. Um, here's another note that I didn't actually research anymore. Um, Trey Lance whispers. I think they're talking about trading for Trey Lance. Trey Lance, Vikings. Best Googler in podcast history. Um, this feels like it's not a real thing. Just a little bit two years ago. I mean, Trey Lance would be sick if he came back. I mean, let's be honest. He's not, I don't think he's very good in the NFL, but it'd be a sick storyline because he's from Minnesota, played at NDSU, obviously. Near and dear to the Loon's hearts, but, um, I don't know, I just... The vibes aren't good around his career right now. Um, Brock Purdy's playing over you. Not that he's bad, but... Okay, this people just want the Vikings to trade for him. That's not a thing. All right. So that, that note's been taken care of. Um, like I said, not a lot of this is happening in the Vikings world. Um, it's, it's not very exciting when the players that you are going to watch in the regular season don't play in the preseason you have no idea what you're looking at um but that's sort of what's happened that's kevin o'connell honestly having a boring training camp is probably a good thing it means that major injuries aren't happening there's not any huge drama apparently tj hawkinson is causing drama whatever who cares but yeah that's vikings twins twins are four and three since the last pod, um, swept the A's, um, split with Detroit, split with Detroit before sweeping the A's, and then got swept, quote unquote, swept by the Brewers. It's a two game series, so who really cares? But, um, I mean, certainly not encouraging because they used up all their bullpen arms and still lost those games. Um, and the Brewers are a good team, and you obviously, they swept the, not the A's, the Pirates. I knew it was a bad team. Um, and they didn't even sweep them. Jesus Christ. What am I doing? Pirates took one from them. Split it with the Tigers. Pirates took all but one against the Pirates. Uh, swept by the Brewers in two games. Um, they are currently five games up on Cleveland with... 65 plus 62 is 127. Approximately 55 more games left. And by approximately, I mean exactly 55 more games left. Um, No, I don't. I don't mean that. 35 more games left. So, the division, it should, at this point, it should happen. I think I saw a tweet that their, like, playoff probability is 95% or something like that. And... Um, they're not going to make the wild card. So I think that means that they're winning the division percent is 95% or something like that. Um, that feels high to me, but I think it's, I mean, they have one of the biggest division leads in baseball 
the third biggest. Um, so that'll happen. Um, I have to admit something. When the trade deadline happened and nothing, and then they didn't do anything, I said it was a good thing because the team wasn't good enough to invest in. Now that they're likely going to the win division and they have to go play a playoff series, their bullpen is terrible. And I'm sitting here, be like, "Oh, I wish the bullpen wasn't terrible." Well, they could have traded for somebody, and so that's that's. Um, I'm going to hand up and and uh, walk back my take that they shouldn't have made a deadline move. They absolutely should have. Um, bullpen arms aren't that expensive. They should have made one. They should have made a move for one. Um, there's only so much Rocco can do. And again, I'm not calling to fire him because I'm not a casual. There's only so much he can do with uh, just like no weapons in, in the bullpen. Like, you think you trust maybe two arms there right now? And maybe move a starter there for the playoffs that you trust. But how much do you even trust Bailey over at this point? Because um, he's been, like, dying. Um, losing velocity and, like, hasn't pitched well in the past month. And he's just, like, a big innings count for him at this point um, for what he's been used to, I think. Um, but, yeah, you trust Joe Duran, But you can't use him every night because we see what happens when you use him every night. He's not that good anymore. Um you trust Griffin Jacks a little bit, and if you throw Kenta Maeda in the bullpen, which I don't even think you would, maybe throw Keuchel in there. Um, you maybe kind of trust one of them, but Thielbar is fine, but you certainly don't trust Pagan. You certainly don't, don't trust Cole Sands, Giovanni Moran. You don't trust Josh Winder. We don't try. Don't trust any of these people. Um, and in sort of present-day baseball, having a lights-out bullpen is a huge, like an unspeakably huge advantage in the playoffs because the, the matchups you can make happen when you have weapons there, it's just it gives you a huge advantage that the Twins can't really afford to not have because the offense isn't, isn't great. Um, it feels like a sweep, but anything can happen. Um, and I guess, like, we're going to learn a lot about this team um, over the next two weeks or so, and that's sort of the next thing I wanted to talk about is that the Twins only play until, like, September 6th or something. Um, the Twins only play the Rangers and the Guardians. So they have a four-game series with the Rangers that starts tonight. And then a three-game series with the Guardians then a three-game series with the Rangers, then a three-game series with the Guardians. So until September 6th, yeah, that's right, until Wednesday afternoon, September 6th, they only play the Rangers and the Guardians. Why is that interesting? Obviously, the Guardians are who they play um, or who their closest um, opponent in the division is. And so each of, the game, each of those games means two in the magic number count, which, by the way, I should look up the magic number. I love I love a good magic number. It's it's way too soon to talk magic numbers, but I I love a good magic number. Guardians are obviously a um, the division rival at this point. The only team that could potentially win the the division other than the Twins. And the Rangers are a really good team um, with a pretty formidable lineup. Um, and so we're going to kind of see where we're where the Twins are at. Um, over the next two weeks. Um, obviously, winning games with the Guardians is really important, and 
the bigger we can make that division lead and start resting guys and all this other stuff and be comfortable is really important. But we're also going to like have a little bit of a litmus test to see what is this team against what could be a real, you know, might actually be a real postseason opponent. Texas is in first right now. It all depends on the records um, for who the Twins might play in the first round. But um, they're first in the West, that is. They're in the league. They're behind both Tampa Bay and Baltimore and almost Toronto, but not quite. Um, and they only have a one-game lead over Houston. So they, they could be moving spots all around. But they're the type of opponent that the Twins certainly could face in the in the, in the postseason with the home playoff series, to be fair, but um, they don't right now feel like they're on the same level talent-wise as, as uh, Texas would, is. But, you know, they got two series for the next two weeks to prove that they are, um, and we'll see what happens. I have a feeling that the bullpen will be a problem, but it is what it is. Um, I think that's all my twin stuff. Let's check the notes, and then we'll get to the... Um, I have... Four and three since last pod bullpen talk schedule talk nailed that out of the park. All right, let's get to the college football preview. This um, <clears throat> this uh, because the because the presenting sponsor of this episode is uh, Planters Nuts. Um, this commercial break is also Planters Nuts. So eat nuts, I guess. I don't know. All right, welcome into the college football football preview of the internal show i start i can never introduce a, a guest ever um all right we're joined by slim loon and loon megs um both my bosses both uh co-owners of loose state sports both prolific college uh football gamblers um what were your records last year boys a thousand and one okay good yep pretty sure i was about 500 on locks on probably better than slim loon locks i had one loss in the season overall i think i was about 52 percent. so pretty good we made money correct definitely on the loon locks we made money loon locks for sure made money not even close all right let's start here um i didn't tell them we're gonna start here but we're gonna start here how are we feeling about conference realignment? I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but what I want to hear your guys' thoughts real quick. I thought you were going to go down the Fleck Road right away when you pulled that out. No, well, hi, we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Slim. Yeah, I can start us off. Um, I am not a fan, honestly. Um, I liked the historic aspect of things like the Rose Bowl. Um, I cherish those moments um, as a as a kid growing up, staying up late for those uh, West Coast games um, that Minnesota usually was never involved in, but um, always good um, just to kind of have that um, end of the year bowl um, for a Big Ten team um, to kind of go up against a different type of opponent out of the Pac-12. Um, cool environment i mean we didn't usually have a whole lot of um national championship contention other than the typical ohio state um or michigan teams so i'm not a huge fan of it but i can understand that they're trying to chase the bag here but overall not a fan and the rose bowl becomes important when you don't win natties right 
You got you have anything to disagree with there? Lou no, Max. I'm against it. I don't like that um these teams infringing on the Big Ten that don't belong in our territory. It just doesn't feel like the Big Ten when you're at UCLA or whatever. Like what what are we doing? Um Yeah, they aren't they aren't a Big Ten team. They don't run our style of football. And it's gonna be a lot of travel problems. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so as you can tell, the Loons are big Big Ten fans, big uh Minnesota fans. Um talked about PJ Fleck a couple uh couple of weeks ago on the pod. Um you can talk about him if you want, but um how do we feel about the Gophers in general going into this season? Uh well, live looking, I see that their win total has gone down from seven and a half to seven. So apparently people low, are hammering no. that under. Feels low, no? Seven wins? Their schedule's hard. Before we talk about their actual team, they have a they have a really tough schedule, which is definitely a contributor to that. But the team also won't be as good as last year. Lost some key guys. Yeah. And it's gonna be hard to replace some QBs still kind of kind of getting going. Maybe he'll be really good this year. That'd be awesome. But my expectations aren't obnoxiously high. Yeah, I would agree. I, uh, I'm, it's going to be a tough year. I think as a, a Minnesota fan here, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I mean, we lost our, our backbone with, with Mo leaving here. Um, I mean, we got Ottman Bell back for, year like 13 as a wide receiver not sure uh, how much he's going to contribute but um i am a flex supporter um but we got a rough schedule especially non-conference heaven north carolina is not a good not a great start for us and then michigan iowa illinois purdue ohio state wisconsin are all going to be absolute battles there's actually a gauntlet to end the year. Maybe get two wins out of it if we're lucky. Yeah, I, I mean, now. Luke can suck my pickle. Um, oh. Wisconsin Badger coach is not going to be touching the axe, but we'll probably lose every other game. We'll probably lose every other game. So you say yeah, you're I, a flex supporter. What would you say? Um, how do you respond to the allegations? I think if you look, I think if you look into every single program around the country, there is going to be all of those. And I think more and more will pop up with the transfer portal being as loose as it is now. Um, People are just going to want to get out and kind of quit if they're not getting playing time. And I think that'll come with um, a lot of repercussions with coaches getting some um, more allegations um, and things like that um, with players being able to leave easily. So yeah, we might be opening Pandora's box a little bit there. Right, for sure. I think some of that was pretty crazy. Oh, you made us run. Okay, yeah, where are they not making players run? Um, how do we feel about seven games? Are we, uh, we betting that? We we leaving it alone? We've been the under on seven games. What's the um, I, tell, I will tell definitely not be encouraging people to take the under and bet against the Gophers. 
but I'm not going to encourage them to take the over either. So, I mean, way to take a stand on the pod, Moon Mix. So we're not betting the team total. As a Minnesota fan, I will not be touching this at all um, out of respect. If I was not a Minnesota fan, Good, mm-hmm. yeah. I would probably pound the under. on yeah, I'd probably be hammering the under. Oh, when it was here, seven and a half, I would have I would have pounded it. <clears throat> yeah. Even at seven, it's I there's a high possibility that they beat Wisconsin for their sixth win of the season. I can just so. run through it quick. I mean, Nebraska to start out the season, I think we're favorites in that. So say we that's like a coin flip. Probably I first game. Call it win. Call it win. East. Yeah, okay, so one win. For, for East. Sake of it. And then we have Eastern Michigan win. North Carolina, I'm going to go loss. Yeah. Northwestern, I'm going to go win. Yep. We got the Ragin' Cajuns win. Michigan loss. Iowa loss. Michigan State will go coin flip. And since we won the first one, we'll probably lose that one. Then we got Illinois, which feels like a loss. Purdue mm-hmm. is a tough game every single year. Coin flip there. Uh, lose to Ohio State and then absolutely knock the brakes off of Wisconsin. So five wins. Who was counting? You, you had five. Well, so if they, it, I'm pretty sure by what you said, if they win the coin, they win all those coin flips, that's seven. That's seven. Right. So, so exactly. Really to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> Nebraska. And we're counting Wisconsin. What do you yeah, think and that's Wisconsin's is? win. What do you think Which the is a win. Nebraska. What do you think the line is against Nebraska? Do you want me to guess? Yeah, I have it in front I, of me. I'm going to guess uh, like six-point favorites. I was going to say five and a half. Okay, seven and a half. Wow. Over, okay. over a touchdown Good. next point. But next Thursday still, night. It's like, so like it's a week one line, so who knows? And – just look at the names there. You're like, oh, it's going to be a close game, you know, which is kind of how it is. Um, so we had five wins there. Is well, that right? And if the coin flips seven, if the coin, coin flips, flips seven, seven, if we lose the coin flips, it's five. If we get one, it's six. So no, no matter what, we're pushing at best. So if your sports book has seven and a half, and you're not a Gopher fan, feel free to uh, sprinkle a little bit of money on the under. It's definitely uh, leave the under alone because you don't want to cheer against them situation. Um, 1,000%. All right. Let's move to the Big Ten as a whole then. Um, who do we like to win the conference? And maybe who do we like to – if you want to talk about the East, we don't want to talk about the East. Who do we like to win the West and then win the conference? Who? I mean, I like um, Michigan. Yeah. We like Michigan. I think they're going to be really good again. Yeah. I mean, you I can mean... – you talk to yourself in the Illinois. <laughs> I think the Michigan, Ohio really State, good. Penn State, Illinois, Wisconsin probably all have chances. I mean, even Iowa would have a chance too. I mean, I think it's going to come down to who beat who's. Right. Who? I mean, I think everyone could end up just beating each other, and that could kind of – take the Big Ten down in the playoffs if that does happen. I guess we'll see just how good Michigan is and if they can just kind of rise above. I mean, that Penn State's going to be really good. Ohio State's going to be really good. Um, I mean, those are all tough battles. They play each yeah. other. 
So top 25 poll, we got Michigan at two, Ohio State at three, Penn State at seven. And then not, I'm going to forget some new Big Ten teams, although they're not here yet. So Wisconsin at 19 and, and Iowa at 25. I was going to say, did Iowa sneak in? Yeah. So that's five Big Ten teams in top 25. It's pretty solid. But Iowa's uh, got a QB now. Yeah, they get dangerous. points. Allegedly a quarterback. Allegedly, they're scoring points. Um, I'm buying McNamara stock right now. I still don't think they'll be amazing, but they'll be more fun to watch. Couldn't be worse. <laughs> no. Projected to win by 25 <laughs> in their first game, and the over-under is 43. So that means they're going to score a lot of points. So, like, whatever. Fair I mean, Iowa team totals under T- tend to be a, a popular bet. I wonder if McNamara will throw that off a little bit. <laughs> what is it? Uh, do you have it in front of you? I haven't looked at it for the first week, but I definitely took their team total under many times last season. Yeah. And it would be at like 12. It'd be at like nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, so we, we like Michigan a lot. How we, feel like Ohio State is chopped liver like now. We haven't talked about them at all. Mm-hmm. Rank three in the country. A couple More receivers left, but, there. you know, they're still who they are. Yeah. I mean, they have a new quarterback. I think that's going to be a big test for them. Other than that, I mean, they have probably the most hyped wide receiver recruit maybe in their history, Marvin Harrison Jr. So, I yeah. mean... I don't know how much it's going to matter who's throwing the ball as long as they can throw it in the vicinity of him. I think he'll come down with a lot of the grabs. But, I mean, Ohio State's always going to be good. They're always loaded with five stars and four stars all over the board. So kind of depends on if that quarterback can kind of get him over the hump is kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, and I know um, we don't like to talk about it, but Wisconsin – Starting the year at twenty one, they mm-hmm. we give them any chance to be better to be up there in the mix. Big I think they'll West. be good. Yeah, I think the new coach will be good. Yeah, yeah I mean they're going to be good, except it's going to come crashing down when they have to lose the axe for the third straight year in a row, okay. and then they're just yeah, out. Of course, right, right. So Minnesota, they do have gopher problems. They've got serious right. gopher problems. They do, even when they sh- <laughs> even when they shouldn't. That's fair. That's fair. All right, I think we're good on the Big Ten. Um, the only other conference people care about, uh, the SEC. We got, mm. I mean, the obvious picks is Georgia. Um, you guys see anybody challenging Georgia in the country, first of all, and um, maybe in the SEC as well? I mean, you yeah. always have to go with Alabama. I mean, right. perennial powerhouse. Um I think LSU could be really good this year. I know they're getting a lot of hype. Um, they got their quarterback coming back again. Um, I think they will be um, very good this year. Um, I'm also a Hog fan. So, I mean, KJ Jefferson coming back again. He's an absolute running back of a quarterback for Arkansas. He just keeps them in games even when they probably should be counted out. Um, other than really, like, Alabama, LSU, maybe A&M. I don't really trust them at all. 
um, maybe Tennessee would be probably the last person that I could see contending with Georgia or even putting up a fight um, other than Alabama. So maybe half the conference. Good. I don't think they'll win, but isn't Auburn supposed to be better this year? Um, You're asking the wrong guy. You're the college football expert. (laughs) Um, They are not ranked in the top 25. So, and Ole Miss is, we got, I'll just run it. I'll just run through it. Wait, I'm just the coach's poem. Okay, hold. Uh, George won. Ole Miss has a lot of hype all the time. I think they put up a lot of points and are flashy, but I don't know if they can do it. Candy ass. Where the blues. (laughs) And they got about four quarterbacks that could start in the SEC right now. Right. That Oklahoma State transfer came in and they had a, like a, person that had been starting staying and then yeah, they have another five star that one or two right um like here from though um we got georgia rank one alabama four lsu five um and that's it Ole miss 22 texas a&m 23 two lanes sneaking in at 24 they're not in the sec but that didn't expect to see the the green wave sign. That's um, sick. There's also a pesky little quarterback out of South Carolina who's ugliest, not Spencer Ratweiler, that always Spencer is Ratt- very hit or miss. <laughs> very sneaky, hit, or, sneaky. hit or miss. Vikings get the 25th pick, and they're probably not even that late. 21st pick in the drafts. Is they that who you're saying? Spencer Rothfield. <laughs> Dude, mean, if we if we pick him, oh my imagine god. Imagine though, actually. Imagine how oh. he's suit up and cheer for Spencer Rather. <laughs> I watched yeah, this. I don't uh, know if I do it. Remember that Netflix show, the whatever it was, QB1? Did you yep. watch that with him? He's such an asshole. Oh yeah. Was. Him, so was Fields. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Fields wasn't as bad, but Rattler was just like outwardly awful yeah like human being just a bad guy like me when i'm a little grumpy um true <laughs> <laughs> loon mags agrees with that one um pickleball okay real real quick diversion the second the pickleball pot came out like literally the next day loon mags calls me from the pickleball court and is like surprised that I don't care that he's playing pickleball. Did you listen? Like, did you listen to the pod? Like, you obviously did listen to the pod because you called me from the pickleball court after I posted the pickleball pod. But like, hmm. I said I didn't care, and and then I didn't. I don't care. I just thought you'd want to hear about my skills. I I I don't I don't I don't I don't I got two pickleball conversations in my day, like the two days after the pickleball pod dropped. I'm pretty sure you clarified, though, that you thought you could only hit the ball underhand. Well, you'd forgive me for thinking that because every single, like, clip I've seen, like, on accident of pickleball is just people going like this. You might be like, the dude. biggest dummy to walk the earth. They just, just, that you can't hit like, it over. Whatever it's called, dink. I hate that I know what it's called. They just dink the whole time. It's like they just stand there and like hit it back and forth. It's like they're trying to hit it exactly where the next person can hit it. You know far too much to hit this part. Because well, I didn't even not, know none of these. I literally, I'm, I'm going on TikTok. No free ads. But I'm like scrolling 
And every time I come across a pickleball video, I click not interested and they just keep coming up. I can't what see your feed. What's up? What else Bob. is on your feed? What kind of stuff? Um, stingers and ass. We've been over this. <laughs> I would like, like to that, say that I stand with you, Case, on the pickleball. <laughs> pickleball is cool. Ass. We can move on. Um, no, I'm with Case. I stand with Case on the pickleball stance. On the, yeah, pickleball sucks. Um, well, yeah, you're you're short. You aren't going to hit it over the net. So, all right. What? We got a couple six footers and and Loon Mangs in this call. Anyway, um, you want to go to the doctor, bro? He's over. He's <laughs> over six feet. Um, the only other team that matters that's not in those two conferences, USC. Caleb Williams. What are we thinking? Ooh. Is is anybody? I'd love to see the odds for Heisman right now. Actually, um, is anybody picking against him to win the Heisman? I got it. Find it. Brock Bowers out of Georgia. He's a tight end. He's got a lot of hype coming in. He's when Heisman is a of, tight end. When was the last time that happened? He's Honestly. playing like a wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, very athletic. I to look up. Um, I honestly don't know if there has they, been a tight end that's ever won it. Maybe in like the forties. I, I would say no. I I'm, my guess is no tight end has ever won it. So tight end ever won. I don't even see that name on here. Two tight ends have won the Heisman. <laughs> wow, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, Larry Kelly, nineteen thirty six. Leon <laughs> oh, Hart. Forgive me. Nineteen forty nine. That's right. That's what I said. The forties. Um, <laughs> that'd be sick though. I'd actually love that. Tight end or Heisman is basically a quarterback award, but. Um, Where'd you say he plays? Brock Georgia. Bowers. Georgia. Oh. I mean, he's I was really hoping it was. I got in the playoffs yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, it's all quarterbacks, pretty much, that I'm looking at right now until Marvin Harrison Jr. Caleb's oh, uh, plus 550. He's the shortest odds, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you like that? Do you like those odds? Well, I mean, it's, I feel like it's tough to. You shouldn't just probably pick the favorite because shit happens. Like, hmm. I remember the one year Andrew Luck was like for sure going to win the Heisman, and then didn't. Got an email. Sorry, was. Um, Quinn Ewers is only plus nine hundred. That feels fake. I don't know. As long as he can stay healthy all year. I mean, yeah, he played a couple incredible games last year. First thing that showed up was the Jack, this guy from Jackson State, isn't that uh, it's not he's, he's at Colorado now. Yeah, he's at Colorado. It's, it's uh, what's his name, son? Did um, you guys see Colorado's win total? What is it? Low, very low. It's like three and a half. Really? Yeah. I, it's, it's very low. very low. So they're all barking no bite. I actually, I don't know how I feel about them. I feel like I kind of want them to get destroyed and win three games. I know that they're going to fill up the stadium. <laughs> I'm very confused. The, this article, betmgm.com, uh, no free ads. They're a competitor of ours. But um, 2023 Heisman winner, odds and betting favorites. It's a picture of – what's his name? Um, You're going to have to do more than that. He's not on the – He's not on the list at all. He's not in the top like fifteen guys. Why can't I really? think of his name? Shadur Sanders. That's no, that's Travis. Travis Hunter is who you're thinking. It was about. Travis Hunter? That's the guy they're talking about. Shadur Sanders yep. is like going to be their quarterback. That's his son. That's, but yeah, 
Yeah. Travis Hunter. He was the whole like Florida State commit guy, right? And then never then it was the whole thing. Yeah. Um top like I'll read like seven of them. Caleb Williams, Jane Jaden Daniels from LSU, Gwyn Ewers from Texas, Michael Penis Jr. from Washington. Hey, Beth doesn't listen to the I can go crazy. Um, Cade Klubnick from Clemson, Jordan Travis from Florida State, never heard of him. Sam Hartman from Notre Dame. He's a QB one guy, know him. Um very hot, but other than that, Whoa. bonk, bonk. Yes. Well, okay. Well, sure. I, I accept the bonk. It's a different podcast thing, but um, they're also competitors. But is he not very hot? He's got a good jawline, good facial structure. Yeah, good I would say he's, he's good looking. He's pretty good looking. Um, I'm getting him and Drake May mixed up in my mind. Much different. Not positive what either of them look like. Brown much hair. Different. Bo Nix, think... by the way, Vikings pod I listened to also said Bo Nix is an option for for quarterback next year for the Vikings. He was cooking at the end of the last year. I'm not going to lie. I would rather die. I would not like that <laughs> at all. I know you mentioned earlier that no other team matters other than USC. Um, I would just like to mention Washington. They are. Do they really matter, though? Even if they make the playoffs, do they really matter? Right, but I think they could be the team that knocks USC out of contention. Fair, fair, fair but fair. but they did just lose their running back, their starting running back for the year. So tough start for them there. But Michael Penick, Michael Penis Jr. actually is a great athlete. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen him play like probably three times and he's good. But yeah, you know, so I I believe him that he's the fourth massage, but his name looks like penis, so it is what it is. Um I don't know this, and maybe you guys don't either. Is plus 500 like the usual odds for Heisman, or is that lower than usual? I'd say that's low. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's super crazy low, but I mean, he did win it last year, so it's got to be low, and he is easily the favorite and has probably the easiest schedule out of all of the top five. Yeah, other players sick to watch. Um, all right. Do you wanna do we wanna talk playoffs who we got in there? Everybody make a four. We can. I will confirm Colorado win total three and a half. That's crazy. Who do they play? Just the Pac twelve? I don't know. I haven't looked at their schedule, but that just seems awfully little. <clears throat> I mean I they were horrible. They were horrible last year. They were miserable. Illinois is like six. I'm actually like upset at how much hype they have, or they got over the summer. Now that Florida State's been getting a lot of hype too. I know you said you hadn't hadn't heard about that quarterback. Florida State's been getting a lot of hype, and I am not sure how much I'd believe it either. Yeah, they're uh, they got hype in the top twenty five. They're ranked eighth. Right. They're gonna come down to Miami and kill us, and it's gonna be sad. Yeah, we we won't bring up the Canes. The kind of a bit sad. At least nobody thinks we're good this year, so it's not going to be like a huge disappointment thing. Last year, pick four score. Yeah, let's let's pick four, and we've all obviously put a lot of thought into this. Um, I poured over this list for hours. 
kind of pick my four. So uh, why don't you go first, Loon Megs? Didn't give me much preparation time. <laughs> All right, Loon, uh, Slim Loon, go first. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the easy one that I think everyone will have will be Georgia um, going back. I mean, I don't, I don't see a scenario where they collapse that bad. Their defense is crazy. They have weapons everywhere. Um, I honestly don't even know who their quarterback is, but I'm not sure that even matters. Um, I think that they'll carry um, into the playoff there. Person Beck. He's oh, ugly, that's right. too. I saw a couple. He yeah, is. I remember now. I've seen a couple tweets of him. He's very ugly. He, I wouldn't weird. say he's that ugly. He kind of gives he me a little weird. bit. Of... He looks weird. He's not ugly per se. He looks weird. Right. Okay. He looks like and... roofy you type vibes. Yeah, that's fair. Disavow Carson Beck in advance. Unless okay. you want to hop on the pod, then Carson Beck, you're back. Carson Beck, please, yes, please hop on the pod. And then we'll... I will go. Uh, this is going to be chalky, I think. No way. <laughs> Well, Michigan. I mean, how, we'll, how does it turn out usually? We'll go. We'll go. Fair Michigan. Enough. Michigan will be in. They laid an absolute egg in the playoffs last year. Should have beat TCU. That was and stupid. no matter what, they would have got curb stomped by Georgia. Oh, after that, it's kind of a toss up. I don't know if another. Big Ten team will make it or not is kind of where I'm torn. I think I might go Penn State here. Really? Change it ah. up a little bit. I don't – Ohio State scares Let's me. Let's talk about Penn State in the win total market, not the college football playoff market. Has Penn State ever – they've never made a playoff, right? Right, but I think it's the, we're in the like same boat here. Every year. I think we're in the same boat as Michigan was where they were just out every year and just kind of hovered where it's like, they got to either do it now or they're going to have to make a big change. Um, yeah. And, and I think they're, they feel that too. I, you can talk me out of every single big 10 team making this playoff just based on if everyone loses it, loses to everyone. Like you could take Ohio like state, Michigan, of, uh... Penn state. I feel like there's a little bit of like the playoff gets that though because we had Michigan and Ohio State last year and they obviously beat each other up. So I don't know. But say if you get like a two win, if you get a two loss like Wisconsin or Iowa that win it, like you think they're going to make it in? No, I mean, no. But but like Michigan and Ohio State might be the only teams, maybe Penn State if they (laughs) get good wins. But, But yeah, the problem is like Alabama, LSU, you know, Tennessee are all going to lose to Georgia potentially and then could beat each other. And then, like, what do we do there? Put in Washington, Michael Penis, you know, in the playoff? Yeah, Um, I mean, then we'd have to talk about, like, Clemson, Washington, Texas, USC, like, Florida State, kind of some teams that I don't know how much I believe in. Right. Um, Yeah, then I think you just kind of have to go back to, to Alabama here. Yeah, so what, did you and finish this is the, what, what do we got for the four? Yeah, the grossest 
two SEC, two Big Ten oh, college that football playoff of all time. Um, I wanted LSU. I just don't know how much I can trust them. Intern, you want to write this down? How much I like it, but Georgia, yeah, yeah. Michigan, Bama, Penn State we'll are my it four. With the pod, or right after the pod, so people can sound off in the comments. Yes, we got slim. Georgia. Alabama. Michigan and Penn State, you said? Correct. All right, Megs, what do we got? All right. Well, I got Georgia in there. Docker. I'm putting LSU in there. SEC. We got any reasoning behind that or? On LSU? Yeah. Uh, mostly just that. We believe in Brian Kelly. I just really don't want to pick Bama. Yeah. And I feel like two of those three will. Fair enough, yeah. And then I'm going to go USC. I don't think that Washington will ruin ruin their chances. I'll be a Caleb Williams believer. Yep. And then I got to go with Michigan. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's Harbaugh or just that down to the atmosphere of the big house, but I feel like they, they've got something going on there right now. I uh, couldn't disagree more. I feel like um, and this is a take that's um, about five minutes old at this point in my head. Um, I feel like Michigan going into the season with playoff expectations is just it's not it's not it. You know, Jim Harbaugh motivates the boys all year long, but how do you motivate them when they come in with playoff expectations? I feel like they choke. They come back into old Michigan that we already kind of saw against TCU. Um and so my four is Georgia, obviously. I like Bold. I like Alabama. No, I have to have a Big Ten in there. It's, somebody's got to come out of it. All right, I'll have to go Ohio State. I'm taking back Alabama because I'm about to get weird with it, I think. Um, <laughs> USC, I like. I'm just hitching my wagon to Caleb. And then Texas, big storyline team. If they if there's any excuse to make Texas a playoff team, they're gonna make it because they're Texas and they have it. It's been a minute. And they'll probably get run out of the building by Georgia. Texas gets a couple wins in a row. Everybody's talking, Queen Ewers, Heisman. Oh, oh, Texas is back. Playoff. That's it's happening. And it doesn't matter if I'm wrong because who cares, you know. But if I'm right, I'm victory lapping. So that's what I got. I got Georgia, Ohio State, USC, Texas. I'm covering all the conferences that aren't going to exist in nine months, but um, yeah, so I like got, it. I'm going to tweet that out. See who, uh, see who wins. And Meg, right. FYI, um, LSU and Penn State have the same win total odds over under nine and a half. 
Oh. Okay, well, I was just going to – we got to go through win totals before we're done here. Win total for who? Just give some favorites. Yeah, we got to give out some winners. All right. Pull up some winners. I well, they not. should they should tune into the Loon Locks every week. We have yeah, a plug. There. Everybody check the Loon Locks on the Twitter where you find this pod. They're right we'll there. Keep a record. The, I keep it's saying Twitter. Runs. I'm gonna get sued by Elon right after I shouted him out. On the X every week. And the Loon Locks were hitting last year, probably 70%. Yep. Yeah. I should Absolutely. have only if Absolutely. I would have Absolutely. only bet the Loon Locks, I would have won a lot more money. It would have been crazy. Mm-hmm. Loon Mush um, also goes crazy on the Loon Locks and college football in general. Um, you don't need to hype him up more. He's, he's, a, well, he's a good, good member. Shout out Loon Mush. Good member of the Loon family. Shout out Loon Mush. He's, Loon he's Mush. great. He's cocky. I've never met Loon Mush in person, ever. Also, shout out Loon Schmidt. How about he's just tougher than Hurricane Hillary? Good for him. Way to outlast He's a survivor. It. He's a survivor. He's like in San Francisco right now or something like that? A lot yeah, of Loon he just, Schmidt slander on the last pod. He, Loon was Schmidt, there? he just flexed on Hurricane Hillary. Was there a lot of Loon Schmidt? I feel like, okay, well, I talked about urinals being too short. Like, it's natural that, you know. By the way, in addition to that, when the sit-down toilet is way too short, that's a good thing. How do we feel about that take? Easier to poop. But I don't know. I like your urinal take better. You don't like you don't like a real low dip on the stop it on the sit-down toilet. I need a handle no to get up. To okay, so My... it's not on the floor. If I'm really getting into a squat, then it puts a little pressure on the knees, it's and like, I just want to sit and relax. Like, poop falls out. All right. All the constipated kings out there are going to be with me. Anyway. Um, you can leave that to the after show. Don't act like you're doing it to go number two. Oh, okay. I'll just sit down and pee. Yeah, because the urinals are too damn short. I'm peeing on the wall. Um, <laughs> let's keep these wind totals up and make some make some picks here. Well, I've got one one official one that I want on the record for Loon listeners that I already sent in a private Loon group chat. Yeah, it's a su- subscription based, but I'll give this one out free. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State over six and a half. I heard a stat about Mike Gundy, and I want to say it was fourteen seasons. Since he didn't win seven games and they don't have that hard of a schedule this year. So I'm definitely, I'm sticking with the history there, kind of like Army Navy unders. You just kind of have to do it. That was enough, enough for me that I wanted to make that my top win total for this year, even though I'm not a big Oklahoma State guy normally. We're hitching the wagon sure. to Oklahoma State. By the way, are, are the boys, we're, we're off Boston College, right? That's like over. Uh they, they might they might be, they beat their win total. They're roping me back in. <laughs> Just when I thought I was out. <laughs> they bring, they pull me back in. BC um, is dead to me. And okay. Oklahoma State also lost their quarterback, but 
Gundy has awesome hair, so I hope nothing but Six the best for, for them. They wear orange. I feel like orange gives them three wins. It looks sick. There's no way you look at the team, you're like, yeah, they don't win the games. I know everything. BC wins over five and a half. Um, BC five and a half in the ACC. Okay. Um, Lou, uh, Slim Lou. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a huge total guy. Um, mostly dive into weekly locks, so follow those on the old X. But like I talked about earlier, Penn State over wins nine and a half for me. Um, it's a little bit juiced on the over, minus 130. I'm pretty confident in them. Doing that, it's got a they got a tough battle, but I think it's kind of a prove it or lose it year for them. If they beat Michigan or Ohio State, they do it. And even if they don't, they might still do it. It's a good bet. Yeah, I think those two teams get baked into so many of the totals in the big times, like counting those are two losses. And if they're not, then it's basically cheating. Um I got one. I'm going to plant my flag in. It's uh, UTEP over five and a half. Um, Loves you. It's minus 128 at what I'm looking at. But um, it's just, just, oh. a take, just a take I have. <laughs> Don't have a lot of reasons to, to back that up. I'm just a UTEP guy always been. Um, How do you feel about their week one, week, week zero game against a used to be Division two, now a Division one school, and only being a one-point favorite or a one-point underdog? Um, you're going to smash them. I mean, listen, listen, there's a lot of good talent coming out of FCS AA or whatever it's called. <laughs> and UTEP is right on that level of those teams. And um, the good thing is they're going to play at least six teams that are worse than them um, as I poured over the schedule um, in great detail. Um the Sun Belt, yeah, right. You got, did I get that right? No, I I honestly don't know what Maybe they're in. I was gonna I feel, they agree feel with like you. Sun Belt, no, Sun Belt. I don't think it's Sun Belt. You might be right. They play Louisiana Tech. That's like Sun Belt team, or is that Conference USA? Conference USA, isn't it? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I mean, these are these are teams that we are rarely witnessing. Unless there's some type of good bet that week, right? Which UTEP will be most weeks. So, um, can we run through? I just the other one I was gonna say was the one that Slim shared. So I'll just back mine up a bit and give a couple reasons for Oklahoma State. They only play two ranked teams, one of which is Oklahoma, and they play them at home. I like their odds there. They also start off the season with Central Arkansas, ASU, and South Alabama. South Alabama sneaky good. South Alabama sneaky good. They returned a lot of players. This year. They aren't. They aren't Tell Oklahoma you. State good. Oklahoma State. What? I'd love okay, to see what's this? What's this slander about? We don't need any South Alabama slander here. I, Can you I name one player on their team? Mush is about to be so riled up, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Can you name an Oklahoma State player that's going to play in a game? 
Mike Gundy. I know all of their players. By the way, UTEP Conference USA. I was right the second time. Shout out to me. Nice. No, you're right the first time. Sunbelt. Hey, no. Sunbelt's actually a way better conference, but um So you um, you think Oklahoma is just not gonna be good this year? No, I'm just saying if they have to play a ranked team, I like it being a rivalry game at home. Get a little juice. Yeah. By there's the way, there's Gunnar Gundy on the Oklahoma State roster. <laughs> I mean, could be a son, little little extra extra motivation there. I don't know. You might don't, even you don't want the co- you don't want the coach's player out there just taking up space. I don't know. I don't know if it's that. I don't even know if it's a son. We got it. He's out there though. Anyways, Oklahoma State win total is nine and a half. They got that quarterback from UCF coming back Oklahoma again. States. Oh, Oklahoma, yes. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is okay. By the way, Boomer Miami Sooners. Hurricanes win total seven and a half. Yeah, I saw that. Just that. They're going to have another gross game with Texas A&M at the start of the year again. It's going to make me want to die. That game sucked. And it, I actually thought they were good at that point. Um, all right, any other quick takes before I get kicked out of Moon Rachel's room? Um, oh, any, oh, oh. <laughs> any other quick takes to get off? Um, no, I think, I think I feel good about the preview. We'll see how those uh, playoff odds turn out. And I think if if people took uh, Penn State over, Oklahoma State over, and then any of our non-Minnesota fans out there, there's a certain under you want to look at. UTEP over it as well, by the way. Sorry, there's a very we've, – we've had analytics come in on the UTEP over. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've decided to back them as well. It's a system play. You tip and there. if Loon Mush tries to talk to me about South Alabama, I'm gonna just we might he's he big, might have to be big picked up. Panther there. fan. The Panthers, right? I forgot that that was one of his teams yeah. when I said that. Yeah, you so messed Loon, up. Any man. last words? No, I uh, I appreciate uh, my son letting me on the pod here. Intern Allen, you do a great job. Nothing but the best. Say hello to Loon Rachel for me and. Uh, Okay. Take it easy. This, this Go Canes. Already. Go Canes. Hey, you tell Rachel the boys will be back in town real soon. Okay. All right. See you. All right. That commercial break was uh, also sponsored by Planters Nuts. Shout out for uh, shout out to Slim Loon working the back end, getting that huge ad deal for us. Um, and thank you for Slim Loon and, and uh, Loon Makes for coming on the pod and sharing their expertise. Um, yeah. So post game time. Today's a very important post game. Um, I made a Helen Keller comment last week that I um, got a lot of backlash for, but I'm right, and um, she is real, and I'm going to explain exactly why. Um, I know that probably those that believe that she isn't real, whatever that means, um, are not going to be dissuaded by this. But I, to be honest, don't have any else, anything else to post game about. So um, we're going to do a little Helen Keller history lesson could talk about how i saw coach o again it wasn't really that interesting but i saw coach o um all right helen keller so for those of you who don't know who may be blind and deaf um helen keller is was a woman who was born in like the 20s or something like that 
actually probably the 1800, I think, um, that was blind and deaf. And she became blind when I think she could, she was always deaf, but she could see until she was 19 months old. And from then on, she was blind and deaf. And she wrote 12 books, um, would like speak at conferences, wrote an autobiography that's famous, also like wrote about like politics and stuff like that. Um, went to Harvard, graduated Harvard, and Presidential Medal of Freedom, all this other stuff. Um, became famous because she's a woman that could read and write and speak and have thoughts when she couldn't see or hear. Um, now, because um, this generation is full of um, people that need to touch grass a little bit, everybody just assumes that, like, um, because they can't comprehend how a person would do that, that that is not possible. Um, and so there's like a, there's like this stupid conspiracy theory going around that like Helen Keller was fake. And I don't know, I assume that they don't mean like the person was fake because it's pretty documented that Helen Keller was real. Like there's pictures of her, but, um, I think the, the two general, like, stances of this conspiracy theory is that either Helen Keller was faking it the whole time and she could read and write and all this other stuff or she was blind and deaf and never actually wrote any of the things that she wrote um, and never like actually learned the things she learned that it was all just like made up um as with all things like this, I feel like the number of people that would have to be in on it, like Helen Keller was a famous person. She graduated college. She like, what, like, there's like TV shows about her. There's, you know, presidential medal of freedom. Like, I mean, is everybody in on the conspiracy that she's fake? Is everybody just getting fooled? How do you think that would happen? Like, how would that even happen? you're going to get the president of the United States in on the fact that Helen Keller's fake. Like what? And nobody in the past, like 50 years has come out and be like, yeah, I was told that Helen Keller was like, I was told that Helen Keller was fake and I had to go along with it because I worked for the president. Like, what are we even like, just, it's just not, it's just not possible. Like with every conspiracy theory, somebody like tells like, it's just somebody would have to know. It's usually like a where there's smoke, there's fire type thing. There's there's no smoke. It's just people are confused at how it would be possible. So, to, to my understanding, the only thing that needs to be proven is that it is possible to do what she did. Because otherwise, if it's possible and everybody says it happens, and there's no evidence to point that the fact that it didn't happen, then there'd be no reason to believe that it didn't happen. So, I'm just, I've done some research... And I'm going to explain how I believe this is very, how it was very possible that she could have learned to read and write. Because um, she did. First of all, I'll start by saying she was not, she's not the only person to be blind and deaf at the same time in the history of the world. She's not even particularly unique. There's apparently, according to this stat I saw, 40,000 people in the United States that are currently blind and deaf. Um, or that was from like some year in the past and maybe it's not exactly today, but I imagine it's even higher today because population grows. Um, so there's 40,000 people out there 
that are blind to death. I think when I was growing up and I was like, oh, Helen Keller is the only one that was blind to death. Like, she's crazy. Like, it's crazy that she was able to do that because she's the only person that experienced that. No, she's not. She's not even that, she's not even that fucking special. Like, there's 40,000 people that are blind to death. And many of them can communicate and do communicate um, in the way that she did. Um, also, Helen Keller was not the first blind and deaf person to be educated. She is the first blind and deaf person to graduate from college. But she's not the first one to learn how to read and write. That was Laura Bridgman. And it happened in like the 1890s. So like people were people. She isn't even that unique in in that she learned how to read and write. So if Helen Keller's fake, then it's all these other blind and deaf people that have learned to read fake. And is it is Laura Bridgman who did it in eighteen nineties fake? Are we like realistically are we just like where's the motive behind making up all these people that are blind and deaf and, and that they learned how to read and write? Like where's the motive behind making up this? Because um, Helen Keller wasn't even the first one. It's not like it's not like there was one blind and deaf person in the history of the world that knew how to read and write. It's just like there's many and it's it, like it's just the conspiracy theory is impossible when there's like that many people um so okay how does she how does this happen how do you learn how do you learn things about the world when you're blind and deaf okay so obviously as human beings that can see and hear we learn language, and our language is written down. We see the letters, and we can write the letters with our hand, and then we hear the words and hear the letters that the thing that it, that the we hear the sounds that the letters make, and we build words off of that. We build sentences off the words. We build ideas off the sentences. Whatever we go on. The only difference is between us and Helen Keller is that the building of the sentences and the building of the words, it just takes longer because each word takes that much longer to learn. She was able to learn words. There's like the famous quote in the book is like something to the effect of, this is her autobiography, something to the effect of like she was like Ann Sullivan, who's her teacher for like 50 plus years. Also, all of us would be a lot fucking smarter if we had a teacher that worked with us for 50 plus years and like helped us all the time. So like she wrote 12 books, but she had, you know, she like was assisted. It doesn't mean that it wasn't her writing it, but she was assisted. It's not like she's sitting there writing her own stuff on paper. Anyway, the whole, the famous sort of quote from the book is like, Ann Sullivan was pouring water over her hands while she was signing out this, the, um, ASL signs for water, like spelling it out, W-A-T-E-R, in her hands so she could touch and feel like each of the symbols. And eventually she realized, because it happened over and over again, that the symbols in the hands were correlating to the water being poured over her hands. And so then she learned that those symbols mean water and she didn't even know necessarily what she was learning she didn't know that she was learning letters she didn't know that she was learning the alphabet she didn't know that she was learning english she didn't even know that these symbols would have something that existed on written paper because she's never seen that but she just knows that these symbols in this particular in this particular order now i can't speak um 
mean water. So then when she recreates the symbols that she like felt out with the hands, with her own hands, then she knows that she can say water. And so if you can learn one word like that, there's nothing stopping you from learning every word and every concept in English because we all learned one word the one way and then turned that into learning everything that we know now. There was a point in our lives where the letters on a page meant nothing to us and we're spelling things out. We didn't know what symbols we were writing with our pencil. We had no idea when you were three years old that the thing you drew with two lines making a triangle and a, and a line in the middle, you had no idea that was an A. You know what I'm saying? So there's no difference between what we did as like baby little children learning the alphabet and what she did as a blind and deaf person, also as a child learning the alphabet. We just, what we did was just a lot quicker and that she needed a lot more help to do what she did. But that doesn't mean that it's any different. It's not like she can't learn language. It just took way longer. So anyway, okay, so how does she, like, it's one thing to know what water is. When it's pouring over your hand, it's a very, like, clear concept that you can, like, feel. It's like, you can feel the water, you can smell water. Okay, you know what water is. How do you turn that into, like, she wrote books on, like, government and democracy and stuff like that. Like, how would you even understand those concepts if you had, like, no way to sort of think about them? But the whole thing is, like, I, she did. Like, if you can understand one word, you can understand every word. And, like, the way I would describe democracy to, like, a five-year-old right now could be described to her. And then at that point, she understands the concept. And then she gradually continues learning that way until then she becomes an expert on the topic and then can write a book about it, all this other stuff. Now, I will concede that there's probably, probably more people wanted to read her books because she was blind and deaf. And maybe that if she weren't blind and deaf, then maybe her whole ideas about the world wouldn't be as, like, popular among people. Like, maybe people wouldn't want to read them if she could see and it's sort of like the blind kid that can sing. Everybody wants to go see him. It's sort of partly because he's blind. Um, or like Andrea Bocelli. Like he's blind and that's part of his whole thing. But that doesn't mean that she is fake or didn't do it herself. Um, because like once you learn language, you can just, you can just do it. And just because she learned language very differently than we did doesn't mean anything doesn't mean that it's, she didn't do it. Um, last thing, and this is um, the part that I, I'll be honest, when I looked into this, I was like, how did she do that? Um, is that apparently she learned how to speak. Um, and so I looked into this a little bit more and I was like, I don't know how she would know how to speak. But apparently, and this isn't, again, this is not just Helen Keller. Apparently a lot of deaf blind people can learn how to speak and they do so by with the teacher grabbing the teachers or like feeling the teacher's mouth as they say words and feeling the vibrations of the throat and so like basically she was like given at this point she knows sign language very well and you can like and sign language is like done through her hands so she could like feel that feel the signs in her hands and so then so she like so for example if we say water then like signed water in her hands she understands this by now 
And so then you say water and she like feels the teacher's mouth and throat while she's saying water. And then you associate that throat feeling and that, and that mouth feeling with the word water. And then you just recreate it on your own. And there is documentation that she like didn't, she wasn't like a perfect public speaker or anything, but like, and she like didn't like how she spoke and was frustrated that she couldn't speak as well as she could sign. But like, that makes sense. She's deaf. Um, and so like, I think it'd be like more obviously fake if she was like, Oh yeah, she's a perfect speaker and she did all this and this and this. Yeah. No, she wasn't very good at speaking, but she could do it because she learned this particular way. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's all. Let me see if there's any more notes. Let me see. Yeah, I just, I mean, there's no, that's all I got, but I just think it's, um, like, not that hard to understand that, um, just because she, like, was way slower at learning things and, like, had to try way harder doesn't mean that it's, like, impossible, you know? Um, and I think that a lot of us could do a lot more things that we can't do right now if we had an assistant helping us out for, like, literally 50 years, um. Like, how much smarter would, would Loon Pugs be if he had an assistant that helped him out for 50 years? Like, you know, it's not that different to that. All right, that's all I got. Helen Keller's real. Um, um, smiley face with sunglasses emoji. Peace.